And it's been very uh, inspirational, I must say, uh, to see this, the kind of progression uh, among these participants. But it's also equally impressive to see how some of these companies that has been approached and given the okay for them to be assessed, we've really seen some of these companies make further steps uh, and they've really progressed in their sustainability. Welcome to the podcast Resväskan. Resväskan is the Swedish word for suitcase. This is a podcast about the future of the travel industry by Yrkesakademins Yrkeshögskola in Sweden. This episode is about sustainable tourism and the course sustainability management given at our school by Jeppe Klockarsson who has been working with sustainable tourism for a long time and is running the company Fair Travel. You will meet him in this episode. You will also meet Ayako Esaki, who is working with education at the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. Let's start by finding out how Jeppe Klockarsson got interested in sustainable tourism. probably have to go back to I think sometime around the 19 the late 1980s uh, when I was on a holiday trip with my parents we uh, we went on a bus trip down to uh, the east coast of Italy uh, in the uh, those old classic tourist destinations Rimini and Riccione and I recall one particular incident where we We'd hired one of these, uh, you know, um, pedal boats uh, with a family and we were on the mm-hmm. beach. So we rented this pedal boat and we went out beyond the break of the waves and um, we ran along there. And all of a sudden there was this sight of trash in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just not talking about just a few scattered trash here and there, but it was a, I'm not going to say a mountain of trash either, but there was plenty of trash in the ocean. Uh, everything from diapers to, uh, uh, well, you name it, toilet paper, you name it. And I recall looking at that and sort of asking my parents, what is this? I mean, at this time, I'm probably around 10 years old, something like that. And I'm having a hard time grasping, what what is this? This is not supposed to be here. This is where we're swimming. Ten years later, when he and a friend was traveling far away from home, he saw even more problems. At the age of around, I think I was about 19, 20, I set out with a backpack uh, with a friend and... We came to Thailand as one of our first stops, and this must have been in 1997, 1998, something like that. And I was really thrilled about this experience. All these new 
sightings and and smells and 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 everything and and I really enjoyed it. I really did. But there's one particular incident that that sort of comes up again. We went from Bangkok to uh, the bridge over the River Kwai, which is a very typical sort of tourist destination. It's something that that you want to do. It's, you want to tick it off your list. And it was amazing to sort of see it. But I was sort of blown away by the amount of people who were there to take in this site. And I recall looking at the people working with tourism. I recall looking at the local people as well. And I can see that they weren't really that thrilled. They didn't look, you know, really happy about us being there, which was something awkward for me because when everyone is talking about travel and tourism, it's it's always in a very positive way sort of light Mm. but i didn't really see that light with these people and this was something that just kept on reoccurring throughout uh, my journey in 2002 i started taking tourism and service at this uh, higher vocational training program in the south of sweden and studied tourism Mm. and what sort of perhaps made me a bit different than my fellow students was that I came in with perhaps a different mindset. Uh, I started asking a bit of critical questions to the teachers, to the lecturers about this negative side of tourism, which I've seen and experienced. And no one could really sort of give me the answers that I was looking for. Uh, Some might give me the answer that the solution for what I'm asking is ecotourism. And I asked then, all right, so what is ecotourism? And they couldn't really explain that. No one could could do that. So I, I sort of set an aim and an ambition for myself where I... I said, all right, during my studies here, I want to figure out what ecotourism is and what ecotourism is in practice. You know, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up doing my trainee with a company called Basecamp Explorer. They have their own eco camp in the Masai Mara. So I spent about six weeks in Kenya in the Masai Mara experiencing uh, ecotourism in practice. Uh, I got to see... What it sort of entails is not just about the environment. It's also about the people, the places, the culture, all of that. So now I could actually see and experience what it is in practice. So I wrote my final thesis uh, on Basecamp Masamara, which is the name of this company. And um, as I left uh, school, as I graduated, I kept in touch with this company and less than a year after my graduation, I was approached by this company to come and work for them in Stockholm to manage their sales office, which I eventually did. So I moved to Stockholm, I left Malmo and I moved to Stockholm. And that's when I started, you know, uh, to, I was, it sort of gave me the insight about selling, about communicating, about marketing ecotourism. Um, and I did this for about three years, uh, and eventually I also got the responsibility of managing the sales office in Nairobi. So during three years, I I altered between Stockholm and Nairobi. I went back and forth, and I learned quite a few things during this time. 
One of those things was that uh, even though I loved ecotourism and the, the products that we sold, I, I realized that in communicating this stuff, um, you often used words and descriptions which wasn't really easy for the common man to sort mm -hmm. of comprehend. I, I think what, what was being used is a lot of these words of sustainability, environment, uh, social aspects, you know, which, which is really hard to, to sort of put in to the context of tourism because it all, you know, communication falls back on uh, the receiver. So I need mm -hmm. to communicate it in a way which the receiver actually comprehends and understands. So what I realized and what I tried to do was that I tried to sort of interpret uh, ecotourism and sustainability and sort of translate it, not translate it word by word, but to communicate it differently. So that's when I started doing uh, guest lectures with tourism educations, uh, where I sort of uh, brought this um, to their mind. And could you please tell me a little bit about the course sustainability management? As the pandemic uh, came about, I was approached by Yukis Academy, uh, who asked me if we, with short notice, can put together a training program aimed at tourism professionals uh, because they realized that people are now being put on furlough and people are leaving their positions because there's no more jobs. If we can put together a training program for tourism professionals in management and uh, leadership positions where we can train them on sustainability. What we did then was that I approached the GSTC as I'm also their uh, official Nordic training partner. I approached them and asked them if we could take the official GSTC training program and my, make a hybrid of it. Mm -hmm. What I mean with a hybrid is that the, the official GSTC training program is about, it's about training people about the GSTC criteria. It's about talking what the GSTC criteria is. But what I wanted to do was to take that and add the aspect of training the participants on how, you know, the practical aspect of it. And we got the okay from the GSTC to do this. And we put together with short notice a 10-week course. It's a distance learning course, of course. It was like a halftime sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We started off by giving the first course in on May 25th uh, in 2020. And we had about 30 participants. There was quite an interest in the terms of the amount of um, applications sent in. So we ran the for first course for about 30 participants. We did another course that started in October, I think, for another 30 persons. And then we had the third and final course run in starting in January this year. Mm -hmm. So all in all, about 90 participants that now has been trained uh, in the GSTC criteria. They've learned what it is. They've tried to apply it in practice by looking at... Uh, so ba basically what we did was that we divided the participants into groups. And each group had to identify a company, a business, a tourism business, which they could then do an assessment, a sustainability assessment based on the GSTC criteria, and then come up with a development plan in order for this business to then make additional investments in their sustainability work. 
And it's been very uh, inspirational, I must say, uh, to see this the kind of progression uh, among these participants. But it's also equally impressive to see how some of these companies that has been approached and given the okay for them to be assessed, we've really seen some of these companies make further steps uh, and they've really progressed in their sustainability. I think that tourism as it was is sort of dead. And the tourism that we're now looking upon, call call it tourism 2.0 or something like that, is new and it's different. And in tourism 2.0, sustainability is one of the founding like sustainability is in the foundation and why do you think it would be this kind of uh, big change well first and foremost um what we've realized now is that we don't really want to be in small spaces with big crowds um, going to cities like Barcelona, Venice, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which we've seen over the years have had so many tourists at the same time squeezing into a very, very small area. We don't really want to do that now, do we? Uh, we also see it with cruises, cruise vessels. You don't really want to be stuck on a cruise when there's a you know the the uh, the actual risk and chance of an uh, pandemic outbreak and so forth. So I think that is one of the, the the aspects. But I also think that the the pandemic has sort of brought the industry to sort of a standstill where we've sort of reconsidered the business model. Can we still compete with lowest prices? Where has this brought us? Um, is this actually a sustainable business model or do we need to sort of rethink uh, what we're doing. And I think that's also one of the, the key aspects. Uh, and of course, the, the responsibility. Um, we now realize that destinations and tourism businesses has the responsibility of its employers, uh, its employees. Uh, they have the responsibility of its clients, its customers, but also they have the responsibility towards the local people. And the responsibility also comes when there's actually, uh, it's health and safety. So these aspects have sort of moved up to the top of the agenda. And all of this is part of the sustainability. And we've also now realized, of course, with uh, climate change, uh, we see that uh, we're having actual proof of climate change that is happening. So we need to make a change. We need to make a change for the better. But also, I think what the pandemic has has brought to us is uh, we realize the importance of nature. Where has everyone turned now when the pandemic hit? Yes, we don't want to be stuck in the cities. We want to go out into the countryside. We want to go out into nature. That's what people have done. But all of a sudden, people are now walking into nature and without having the actual knowledge uh, about how we do it, what sort of responsibilities we have and so forth. But also, it's open. It, it, it has opened the eyes of people. What's the situation in nature? How much are we taking care of nature? So I think that it's sort of a domino effect that is happening here, that one falls on the other and we sort of start to see a bigger picture now that we need to take more responsibility and we 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 need to do it now more or less. 
Well, the transition, of course, is that nothing will change overnight. Um, we, we need to be very, very honest about that. But we need to make, we need to start making a change. And I think that's what's imperative when you're talking about sustainability. You need to make the changes based on the situation, based on the resources that you have available, based on the financial tools that you have available. Because keep in mind, this is an industry that has been overlooked uh, in a lot of ways during the pandemic as well. There's not a lot of financial packages coming to to assist this global. Now I'm talking about this globally. Mm. So, of course, financial aspects is a important ingredient in order to make that transition. Uh, but what I... What I hope and what I believe here is that this has probably been an eye-opener for both the industry going from destination to, um, to travel agents, to tour operators, to hotels, to activity companies, to the, the customers themselves, to the tourists. Everyone needs to sort of um, assist in order for us to to succeed. So we need to make that transition. Everyone needs to do it based on their requirements. Uh, and this comes from the bottom, but it also comes from the top. So my hope and suggestion is in this is that uh, politicians and decision makers uh, take the right decisions. They put the resources in place in order for destinations to make that transition, to make that transition um, in a way which leads to a change. And what I mean is that destinations need to cho needs to change from doing the marketing to doing the management. They need to manage the destinations that they uh, have responsibility over. They need to take into consideration, first and foremost, the local, uh, the local community, uh, making it a better place to live, also will make it a better place to visit. Uh, so put the requirements in place, make the resources available, train your staff, uh, involve all the businesses, all the tourism businesses in this destination. Make sure that all businesses uh, move on and uh, also uh, include sustainability in, in their everyday work. And I've, I've met and I've sort of assisted and advised a lot of tourism companies. And I can see that sustainability is something that we're doing very, very well, but we might not be, we might not realize that we're doing it, mm. uh, but these tourism businesses are doing the best they can based on the situation. They need assistance from the tourism destinations to take this further. So need, they need to work together. They need to be given the right tools and if the destinations sort of assist with this, then sustainability will be part of the tourism experiences that the customers uh, buy from these companies. And in that way, sustainability becomes a natural sort of ingredient in the tourism um, industry. So I think it, it's, it involves everyone, but... It's, it starts from the top. Um, we need to make the resources available. That needs to come from the top. 
but sustainability is something that is growing organically within the companies and in the experiences that they offer. But then do we have to stop with certain things like flying airplanes for this to work? Well, uh, the the short answer is no, um, because we cannot stop traveling. Uh, we are reliant on air travel, uh, especially for long old destinations. Uh, so no, my my short answer to that would be no. That doesn't mean that we have a free pass for binge flying all over the world and travel as much as we want. No, we need to limit the amount of, of air travel and, and the flights that we do and that we do take. Uh, but we need to make sure that when we do long haul travel, we will travel to a place, we will travel to a destination, we will travel with the company that makes sure that when we actually go to that place, we have a positive impact on, on the destination that we visit. That means socio-economically, uh, culturally, and our environmentally as well. But take a country like Guyana, which has about 87% of its landmass covered by pristine rainforest. It's untouched rainforest. Now that's unique. That's very, very unique. But in order for that 87% to still stand, they rely on tourism. So with tourists coming there to experience Guyana for what it is, they bring in very, very important money into that uh, country. So if we would stop traveling to Guyana, they would have to turn to a different solution. That means that they will have to give in to foreign-based companies that are knocking on their door, want, want to go into Guyana and cut down these trees and explore the resources that is in the ground. But they've chosen a path to focus on tourism and ecotourism in order to sustain and make sure that this rainforest still stands. So... What I'm trying to say here is that we're reliant on air travel, but we will have to reduce it and we will need to make sure that we make the right kind of trips in the future. So all tour operators that are selling trips all over the world, they need to make sure and they need to make some sort of guarantee that when you do take this trip, this long haul travel trip, you will be part of a solution. You will not be part of the problem. You will be part of the solution. And with this trip, you will have all of these positive effects on the place that you visit. So unfortunately, at the moment, or historically, there's been a lot of bad tourism. And as I said before as well, it's, a, uh, it's, it's volume driven. So people are going to places all over the world. Uh, they're staying for a couple of nights and then they go back and they hardly get any sort of contact with the local community. Uh, they, they stay with companies that are foreign based. So the money doesn't stay in the destinations and so forth. That's what I mean. All, all parts, all parties need to take responsibility and make sure that we have a positive impact on the places that we visit. And we need to make sure that we maximize these positive impacts. Then, of course, with a long-term perspective, we need to make sure that we minimize all of the negative impacts. Negative impacts, of course, is from that long-haul travel, that air travel. There is 
of course, uh, CO2 emissions, et cetera, et cetera, that is part of that negative impact. But we cannot stop flying. We shouldn't stop flying, but we need to reduce it. And of course, we need to make sure that air travel is getting more expensive because at the moment it is way too cheap. After attending the course Sustainability Management at Yrkesakademins Yrkeshögskola, it's possible to take an exam by GSTC. Now, going back to this uh, training program that we put together, this 10-week course, which is based on the official GSTC training program, uh, once you've... uh, concluded that once you've sort of uh, sat in on all of these 10 weeks and and you've fulfilled that, you will be invited to take a GSTC exam. That GSTC exam is based on um, whether or not you've sort of understood uh, what what has happened during these past 10 weeks. It's a written exam. And in other words, it means that you need, with your own words, try to put sustainability into practice by explaining it in detail. Um, if you pass that, of course, you will get a certificate in sustainable tourism, which has been then um, issued by the GSTC. Why should you take that? Well, to take it, and if you pass it, that means that you have uh, impartial evidence of that you've actually understood what sustainability is. You've also understood what it means in practice. And it also means that you, as a person individually, you're able, with your own words, to explain this to someone else. So I would say that it's it's sort of like an impartial third party uh, giving the, uh, with their credentials, of course, giving you the thumbs up saying, hey, you know what you're doing. You understand this. Now you can go out and, and start doing things differently in this tourism industry. It, it all starts with the destinations. Um, the destinations are actually... Destinations is the key. That's the reason why we travel. You know, We travel to a place because we want to visit that destination. We want to visit that place and so forth. It's very seldom that the actual... Uh, reason for traveling is to stay in a hotel or to to travel with that company, that specific company. It's because we want to go to the destination and that destination has some sort of sighting and it might have a natural wonder, it might have a cultural wonder or something like that. So we need to make sure that we take responsibility for the destinations. Therefore, once again, I'm coming back to the aspect where it falls back on the DMO, the destination companies, they need to manage the places and they need to first and foremost, in the first room, they need to look upon the local community. If they manage the places, they will make sure that this place becomes a much better place to live in. And if you make it a much better place to live in, it will also become a much better place to visit. And I think that we often forget about this. We, we sort of look about tourism from the, the perspective of the visitor. But we need to change that. We need to make sure that we work with the local community 
And then together we can develop tourism, a tourism which is approved by the local community, where the local community is involved and we do co-creation, you know, we co-create together with the local community, not just experiences that can be sort of bought and experienced by tourism visitors, but also by the local community. So these two coexist. So I think it's, it's, it's imperative to sort of underline the importance of putting the destinations first and foremost, that we need to manage those. If we manage those, and with manage those, that means from the socioeconomic impacts to the cultural impacts to the environmental impacts to make sure that we have the right visitors coming there. We perhaps need to limit the amount of uh, visitors that, that we can attract and should attract. If we do all of that, that is definitely the key to the solution. Let's talk to Ayako Isaki, working with education at the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, to learn more about the organization and its work. GSTC, the organization, is the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, and for short, GSTC. GSDC is the global organization that is responsible for developing and managing and also managing the process of maintaining the global standards for sustainable tourism. So we're sort of the, um, the keepers of the process of these standards um, that we, we call the GSDC criteria. And these criteria have been developed through a and, and very extensive and inclusive process of stakeholder consultation um, and also looking at other existing frameworks of sustainability standards and other programs over the years. And do you operate all over the world? Yes. Um, the GCC is a, a global organization in terms of both our team, the people that are involved, and also activities that we conduct. We officially, we are registered as a nonprofit organization in the United States, but in terms of locations of people that work with the GSCC and for the GSCC, we are in many different countries um, and all of us work virtually. And this has been since many years ago. And also in terms of activities as a nonprofit association, we are a membership organization. And there are a lot of businesses, organizations, and as well as individuals that are members of the GSTC that support um, our organization. And our members come from around the world, as well as uh, my area training. Um, this is also very global in nature in terms of where we have our team members, so our trainers and partners, as well as where our participants come from. Why is sustainability important for the travel industry? One way to look at it, this important question, is our personal values. I think that, and I hope that a lot of us can, can agree that it's important to leave 
the the world to be um, maybe hopefully a better place for future generations. But in addition to that, I think that especially in tourism, and this may also apply to many other industries, but especially I think in tourism, because tourism is about people going to different places and visiting communities and appreciating what they're able to experience. And that really depends on our ability to provide quality tourism opportunities to our travelers, really depend on having our destinations and, and, and communities to be attractive. And I think it, it should be a clear business case that it is about protecting our assets, um, which is kind of a cold way of saying it, but destinations and communities that people visit are a key part of what makes tourism possible and protecting those should be, um, yeah, a, a very good, strong business case for us to invest in sustainability efforts. At the business level, at the organization level, I think it also makes sense to, to realize that we need to try to be more sustainable in what we do. Um, it's, it's good for business to, um, for example, be smarter in how we use resources and how we conserve resources. It's good business to take care of the communities where we are operating in um, and also therefore have good relationships with community stakeholders. It's good business to take care of our people within the organization as well as our customers. A lot of these things, I think, show that sustainability, when we talk about you know, sustainable tourism, it's not just about saving the planet, <laughs> um, mm. but it is about what we do. And each of these areas of what we do can benefit from um, the efforts that we put into investing in sustainability efforts more and more people are interested and are even expecting that tourism businesses and destination organizations become more sustainable. When you look at this industry uh, and look, well, a little bit ahead in the future, do you feel optimistic or do you feel negative about, you know, what is going on? I Well, one thing that I can definitely confidently say is that because I have been very fortunate to, again, to be involved in the training program at the GSTC, and especially in the last couple of years since um, the pandemic restarted and our industry definitely has been impacted by it um, and has been a lot of negative consequences of that um, that we feel as well. But at the same time, we have seen um, an increased interest in learning about sustainability, even during this pandemic. And I think that itself um, is a really good positive sign that, you know, a lot of tourism industry stakeholders, even in, in these really difficult times, are making decisions to say, yes, I will invest my time and efforts into learning more about sustainability and that a lot of these 
industry professionals, they see that it is an important part of their professional development to be able to um, improve their skills in sustainability. So I see that as a very positive sign. Um, and looking at that, I'm, I can be a little bit optimistic that there's um, one and an in- increasing interest and awareness in these areas, which I think on its own is a really good thing. And, and two, also that um, the, the result of more people being interested in sustainability and maybe also investing efforts into learning more will in, in the coming years when tourism and, and international travel returns um, will make an impact. <laughs>